0: This is Mike. And this is Drew. Welcome to the Mike and Drew at Mountain View podcast. It's March 8th, 2023. And for episode 11, we want to know, what is the significance of the revival at Asbury University? And to be more accurate, I guess I now say, uh, what was the significance of the revival at Asbury University? uh, Which, in some ways, we could say is sweeping across the nation, but in other ways, uh, this specific movement uh, has been dialed down, and that non-stop aspect uh, have, has been stopped due to uh, issues with the fire marshal and local infrastructure. Uh, they made that judgment call. But Drew, you actually went out there.
1: Yeah. So I drove up, I think it was the 15th of February. So well, should we start? How did it start? Should we start with that? Sure. Okay, so regular chapel service dude gets up to preach. I think they had a guest speaker. Um, and there was one, uh, paragraph or one sentence that he said in there and basically said, Hey, maybe after this, you need to, you know, stay and confess your sins to Jesus. And then, uh, he got off stage and I actually heard this story. I've heard it twice now. He got off stage, got in his car and started driving home. He texted his wife, said, man, Preached another one. It was a terrible, terrible sermon. And you cut back to what's happening. And 15 students or so stayed after. Then the rest went to class. And then after class, some of the students were like, you know what? I think I need to go back. And that 15 turned into like 200. And they kept going all night long. And then it's like... Five days later, I heard about it, and I talked about it on that Sunday, and uh, it went for a really, really, really long time, and people started visiting, and all these different things, so yeah, I went up the Wednesday after that, and I just, I felt, you know, moved to, to go do that, so I drove up there, it's about a, I think it was a three-hour drive from here, Um, I was there for about two and a half hours, and it was pretty cool. It was, um, there's nothing special about it. You know, it was, uh, I, you know, I grew up going to big churches, so I've seen lots of people in a room worshiping God at the same time. And so on that level, there's nothing special that I saw, but it was cool to see lots of people, you know, in tears or being, you know, prayed for praying themselves or, you know, Lots of work happening. You know, the spirit was definitely moving. I didn't necessarily feel the spirit, but I didn't necessarily need to. You know, that's not something I needed.
0: So, I don't know. It was just, it was a cool experience, for sure. And what what has stuck with you? What do you take with you out of that moving forward in your own life and ministry? Um. So... Uh, I've, I've
1: been to, just got back from a conference recently, uh, two conferences actually, just about preaching and church leadership and stuff. And one of the things that was in common at both of the different conferences, um, the phrase we're on the away team now. Say that one more time. The church is on the away team. On the away team. We
0: don't have the home field advantage anymore. Hmm. And I believe wow. that's true. I think I agree. Yeah, no, I agree a... with that. That's that's just a bit to soak in for a minute because we've heard things like, "Oh, we're a Christian nation," and, and my generation uh, would even contend with that and say, "I don't know that we've ever necessarily been yeah. a nation devoted to Christianity. We have been founded on Christian principles and values and values, and, and, stuff, and, values, yeah. and I, I think at times have held a majority in legislative sway and things of that nature, but." I agree that we do not have the home field advantage, and I don't know that we have had it fully before. I think we've had the illusion of it, and Satan, the enemy, has used that as a way to get us to uh, uh, get relaxed. But, I, you know, what we've been told, what Jesus has said, is that uh, his kingdom's not of this world. Yeah. And if it were, his servants would fight. So I don't know that we've ever had it. And I, I like how they say that. He said, "We are the." you heard, we are the away team. Yep. So I say all that to say, um, even
1: though we, we're the away team, we can still win. You know? Absolutely. We, we can still have some victories like that. And so I see this as a, a major victory. Um, it's being echoed across different college campuses, um, down at uh, Lee University. Yes. Um, just down the road from us. And then up at Cedarville University in Cedarville, Ohio. Um, there was one in Minnesota that I heard about, and then you're starting to hear about it happening in Europe and in Asia. So like it's spreading because of social media, you know, people are able to take pictures or whatever, and it spreads. And so it's on that level, things like that can spread like it never has been able to before.
0: Well, and this intrigues me because I grew up in a family, and perhaps you did too, where my grandparents specifically, still to this day- Pray for revival in this country. So, my ears have always been especially attuned to what revival means and what it looks like, and the uh, mass turning back to God in whatever yeah. form that is. And, you know, you may wonder uh, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, Mike and Drew at Mountain View, maybe you're wondering why we're not talking about it till March 8th. But Drew one thing you and I talked about is letting the dust settle a little bit on this and we don't feel the need to jump in with an opinion on it but there is something happening in the nation right now and I believe it could be a part of the long awaited answer to prayer for revival uh I don't remember the whole story what was the one NFL player um that was injured had a heart attack or something and a an anchor stopped on live television to pray for this guy and I heard this from different this was Was it just recently? Maybe a month and a half ago or something. What was his cardiac name? Cardiac arrest and um we can circle back around to that but uh I just remember that at the time several people I know were saying uh that that prayer it's like wow hey the whole country basically stopped uh and and prayed a uh, Demar Hamlin. Demar yeah, Hamlin. Okay. So in that incident many people I know and love I'm not a sports fan but they were just uh, receiving this as an answer to prayer, hey, is this the start of revival? Then one of my favorite evangelists, Greg Laurie, uh, out in California, I've listened to him for years. Well, they just came come out with this movie about his life, Jesus Revolution. And oh, yeah,
1: and it's like, what, number three in the box office? Number three like in that?
0: the box offices for a Christian movie. Now, if you're listening to this podcast and thinking, I don't know if we want to get up, caught up in, you know, Hollywood Christianity, I am I don't think that's what this is. I really believe there's genuine...
1: it didn't seem like it. There's a lot of pastors. I've not seen it. I need to
0: go see it. But there's a lot of pastors coming out and saying, yeah, this was actually a really good film. Right, so I I think some of this is all connected. That's the only reason, really, I'm bringing it up, is because what what we want to continue to pray to see nationally, and yes, around the world, but here, where where we live uh, nationally, is uh, many hearts turning to Jesus. Now, um, I love how, one... One uh, sophomore at Asbury, during an interview on February 20th, responded to Christian post-interview, uh, uh, Kane and Yan, he said, I feel as though maybe we were the candle, and now we are just passing that flame on to other churches and other schools.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's good.
0: So, you know, again, if we're the away team, then maybe we all need a little bit of inspiration as to what God can do at places like Asbury.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think part of why it's happened, and why all of these different little cultural things have popped up, is that we see this—you know—call it postmodernism, call it post-truth, um, post-postmodernism, or whatever. Um, but basically, that people don't have a foundation for life. You know, they—they're—they're right. not, not looking for anything, or they don't know what to look for. Maybe right. Right, and so they're looking for something, they're hungry for something. Um, you know, Jesus said, "Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I think we see a lot of that, and so we see a lot of blessing being poured out because people are hungry for something, and they they can't really put their finger on it, and I don't think I can even put my finger on it, but they're hungry for something, right, And I think Jesus can fill that that hole that they're looking for.
0: Absolutely, and and I, I believe that's absolutely right. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for they for righteousness, for they will be filled. That's right. <laughs> and, and right. No, that. But I'm saying that's right. I think yeah. I think that's an excellent connection to this. And one of the things that you mentioned when you shared that one Sunday morning during the sermon, I invited you up there just to share your experience. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that stood out to me from your experience was the amount of behind the scenes going on, needs being taken care of to accommodate. What god was doing in the hearts of people
1: yes we definitely need to talk about that i think whenever there's large groups of people there's gonna have to be some sort of organization otherwise you know a riot could you know break out (laughs) or something like that instead of revival a riot um but i saw cops there just standing around making sure everything's good which was cool to see um so many people in, you know, Asbury Polos. So they clearly worked there, mm-hmm. making sure the building wasn't overfilled, right? And making sure everyone had a seat, and that there, if there was an open seat, there was people, you know, leading uh, these people who are seeking, uh, you know, a sanctuary to 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 worship. Um, the people were leading, you know, people to sit down. Um, there was an organized line. I mean, the line was probably the length of a football field, but because of this organization, it wasn't a mass of people. It was a line, and right. it was moving very
0: quickly because people were able to get to their seats. Yet, crowds become dangerous instruments if they are not directed. You have stampedes, or or people get you know left behind or lost. It, it can be a mess, like uh, the Kansas State Fair. Growing up, you know, it's a <laughs> good, but no. Uh, one, one of the things there's two pieces of life advice my grandpa gave me, uh, before I was married, he said, uh, if you're going to be married, you need to be ready to build a lot of bookshelves. <laughs> build a lot of shelves. And you know what? That has proven to be true. I don't build as many as I buy, but that was true. The second piece of advice was, if you're going to be in ministry, be prepared to set up and tear down a lot of tables and chairs.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was in youth group growing up, and that was that was part of it. Hey, make sure you grab your chairs and your way out. Or even at Johnson, you know, we have a right. chapel. Make sure you set up your chairs on the way out, or maybe leave them there because we have an event later. <laughs> right, but, and and that's, yeah.
0: that's a part of it. And In an interview with a local Kentucky news station on February 18th, about the time you went out there, President Dr. Kevin Brown from Asbury University said, "'I've been so inspired and encouraged by the life-transforming renewal experienced by students and guests alike.' I have also been deeply inspired by the incredible spirit of our Asbury staff, faculty, and students. I've seen men and women go far above and beyond in every way imaginable to accommodate our visitors so they can encounter the Lord on our campus. I've seen faculty and staff work between classes to bring order, usher lines, pass out water, and pray with students. Okay, and, and that article goes on, and uh, you, you can find that uh, online on fox56news.com for their local news station, but I think it's amazing that he acknowledges that, and it's a reminder, I think, to you and I, you know, working in a small church, that's the point of this podcast in general, is to reflect um, you know, the world's view through us in small church ministry and what that looks like. And I can see all these things that he's just mentioned uh, are things that we've got to be ready to do here at Mountain View Church of Christ on Six Mile Road, yeah. is to be willing to accommodate, uh, you know, if we have 500 people show up to the Easter egg hunt, or, you know, we have, I don't know, but Goodness. but if we, <laughs> you know, we, we at least have to be ready uh, to serve and not to Predict what the Lord's going to do, but to plan accordingly, try to be responsible. And one of the things I'd heard a lot of people say, oh, they canceled all the classes so that, you know, so this revival could take place. And I don't think folks are understanding that that's not what happened. What happened was classes continued and professors would encourage the students to go to the revival and, and they would talk about the revival, but a part of revival is not that life gets put on hold. True revival is that it is incorporated. It, it's life change yeah, incorporated. That's right. Yeah. Our daily life. So um, I, I I don't know where you want to go with this next, because I want to draw more on your experience here. But uh, what what else do you, am, are we missing in this conversation?
1: Well, there's been a lot of skeptics. Yes. And a lot of people who are very cynical of what's happening here. And I, I think it's fair that... While it, not, while it may not be, um, you know, life-changing for everyone who shows up, life change has been happening. Yes. And, you know, it may be some fabricated thing that, you know, people just planned to do this or whatever. But even if that's the case, God is still at work. You know, God can use what is um, man-made and he can turn it into something pretty great.
0: Well sure. And and for anyone interested in what this looks like and, and you maybe haven't heard the news stories on this, you can go to Asbury University's website and check some of this out for yourself at asbury.edu forward slash outpouring is how it's posted online mm, on yeah. their own website. And one of the statements there, again from uh their president, Dr. Kevin Brown, he said on February eighth, two thousand twenty three, Drew, as you described, Asbury University's regularly attended scheduled chapel service never ended. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'd pray to happen here. Yeah,
1: that'd be pretty cool. A
0: regular Sunday morning service that just doesn't end. And you've been there when a a congregant has stood up and given a testimony. Yeah. And you could see how that might lend itself to somebody else giving their testimony because they're inspired by the other person's boldness, and it just snowballs into a situation where people uh, feel free to maybe let go of things they've been holding on to, right? You could just—you could see how this happens. Well, on the same part of their website at Asbury University, here's how they wrap it up. They say, Thursday, February 23rd, mark the end of this historic multi-week gathering at Asbury University and Asbury Theological Seminary with the National Collegiate Day of Prayer broadcast hosted on our campus— I find it fitting that what started with college students on our campus ended with college students joined in prayer and worship ac- across the country, which that's, again, I, I think that's what we'd want to pray for here at Mountain yeah, View absolutely. or any church. Yeah. um, I don't know where else to go with that. Well, maybe there's nowhere <laughs> else to go. I mean, the bottom line is we can talk about it all day. Yeah. And and we could address critics, and we could talk about what ifs, and like you say, I, I'm i always going to wonder, boy, well, you know, was this, was this a scam? Am I being scammed, right? The fear of RGM. Yeah. <laughs> Are we being scammed? But I, I'm i not worried about that. I've been at peace with this situation. I have heard enough personal testimonies to know it has at least impacted, I can count, 13 lives for the kingdom of God. And so yeah. I have nothing to say against it as a movement. Now, whether well, it be outliers and way ways this will be uh, twisted, I'm sure, but I'm not worried about that in this podcast. I, I just want to talk about what we, you and I, and hopefully our listeners, what what is the significance of the revival at Asbury University right now? We could both agree that lives have been changed back Absolutely. towards God, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and I think you know. Okay, so what do we take from it? Mm. Um, I think be ready for God to work wherever wherever he's, he's going to work, you know? Yes. And that could be in the, the smallest of places, but it is important that we are ready for it when we feel the, the push or the pull into a, a new situation that may be different. Um, it may be uncomfortable to some people, oh goodness, changing the way Sunday yeah. goes, changing the length of the service.
0: But if, if the spirit is moving, who are we to deny the movement of the spirit? Uh, that's it. I think I think that's where it stands. And I, I do want to clarify. I've referred to this both as the, and many people have both as the Asbury revival and the Asbury outpouring. And, yeah, yeah. And so I thought, well, this podcast could be defining the difference between revival and outpouring. <laughs> I mean, that's where I want to go. But I, I also went. Hold on. Again, that that is almost. Uh, downgrading what god's done, so I think it's more of a sequence that outpouring happens, and if we are receptive, then there can be revival personally or there can be revival in a town. but the bottom line is it when the spirit pours out in a special and powerful way in a place like we see in the New Testament, we see that a spirit the spirit of God pouring out in a specific geographical location that then then. Then there can be revival if we are ready, and I think that just keeps circling back to what we are saying. It can happen anywhere if we are ready and we keep our our soil, if you will, the the community we're creating, we keep it tilled and ready and nurtured for, um, for God's spirit to pour out, yeah, and just be ready because
1: I think more of this is coming. I really do I agree. And so just whatever life looks like for you, be ready and be ready to step out if if things are different than what you expect. That's okay. God subverts expectations all the time because he's God and we're not. I think that would be
0: the key word, subverts expect, or key phrase, subverts expectations. That was my first that's... sermon here. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, let me do this. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to say a quick word of prayer and then we'll close out with our tagline here but uh, I appreciate you if you've been listening to this podcast uh, you can email us at podcast at mvcc the number six mile.org let me have a quick word of prayer I think that's in keeping with what we're talking about here mm. Heavenly Father we thank you for how we've seen you move in this nation uh, for a long time but specifically in recent events and we just want to give you glory right now through prayer. Um, there is not much more we can say. We're just we're just amazed at what you do. May you continue to keep our hearts prepared for what's coming next, and I pray for a blessing on those listening to this podcast that um, we all, together, live in anticipation of what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, this
1: has been Mike. And this has been Drew. And you've been listening to the Mike and Drew at Mountain View Podcast. Eat your vegetables.